Sell the team. Oh, yeah. Welcome aboard. This is our two of the radio program. You're listening to the Pass Ball Show. Brought to you by JohnPLA.com right here on the MTR Radio Network. This is going to be a good hour if you're a Mets fan. I uh, got a chance to spend some time uh, speaking with some of the players and the manager of the Savannah Sandnets, which is the Mets South Atlantic League team, a team currently in first place, having a very good season. So we're going to get in a lot of stuff going on with that. I do want to touch on a couple things before I start to uh, talk about the Sandnets and uh, with with a couple of the players and manager Luis Rojas. Uh, last week, I had an interview with uh, former Major League outfielder Matt Miski. And uh, through feedback and obviously checking in on it myself, I realized that the audio quality was not very good. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tidy it up and uh, you know let you know through Twitter and through my Facebook page, JohnPielli.com, when it could be aired again, because actually there, there's a couple things that Matt touches on about the clubhouse and some of his experiences in Milwaukee, which I thought were very profound. So uh, I, I apologize for the uh, lack of good audio quality on that one. And I'll get that back to you as, if you're interested in listening to it. And another thing I want to spend a couple minutes touching on was the unfortunate and saddening passing of former major league infielder Don Zimmer. And Don, of course, was a manager for four different ball clubs. And contemporary fans will remember him as a coach on the New York Yankees teams of the late 90s under Joe Torre that won the four World Series championships. But to be honest, that really doesn't do him justice. And I know a lot of Yankee fans and Red Sox fans will remember him from charging at Pedro Martinez during an altercation between the Yankees and the Red Sox. And let me, let me state something that I think really has been misconstrued about the whole thing. Zimmer running at Pedro Martinez turns out to be a misunderstanding. Uh, If you remember and you've studied Don Zimmer, you know that he was hit in the head in a minor league game at a very young age, and he still carried some ill effects of of a brain injury he suffered in that, which later led to a couple of uh, negative things that ended up happening later on in his life. And for Zimmer's perspective, When he saw Pedro Martinez point to Jorge Posada and point at his head, he thought that Pedro was signaling that he was going to hit Posada in the head. Now, the way that ended up turning out is that Posada and Pedro Martinez were actually friends and spent a lot of time chatting, you know, outside of baseball. And what Pedro was simply stating is the fact that he's going to remember that. He was pointing to his head, not that he's going to throw it, Jorge Posada, that he was going to remember the yapping that are going back and forth uh, when it comes to time for the next time for them to talk and associate. So that whole Don Zimmer running at Pedro thing was a, was a clear misunderstanding. But if you're a baseball fan and that's all you remember Don Zimmer for, it's unfortunate because you really are missing uh, one of the one of the better baseball lifers that this generation and the last couple generations have ever seen. And let's be honest, I mean, here's a guy that's not going to be remembered in New York history for just what he did as a New York Yankees coach. Uh, he was an original Met in 1962. He played in the first ever New York Mets game, a loss against the St. Louis Cardinals, where he batted seventh and played third base. Prior to that, he made his major league debut in Brooklyn, 
with the Dodgers, a guy who obviously has many traces to the history of New York baseball. And, you know, it's sad to see him go at the age of 83, a guy who was still associated in baseball with the Tampa Bay Rays organization, where he had served as a, as a scout and a consultant over the last couple of years and kind of, uh, you know, helped out a little bit as a coach. But, uh, you know, certainly a guy that had a big impact on the game. I remember in 1989 when he was the manager of the Chicago Cubs, led them to uh, the National League Eastern Division title. And a guy that certainly spent, you know, well over 50 years in Major League Baseball, probably close to 60, and is certainly going to be missed by many. So rest in peace, Don Zimmer, who passed away this past week at the age of 83. Once again, John Pielli, Passball Show, MTR Radio Network. What I'm going to do is to start my little series uh, about the Savannah Sand Nets, the Mets uh, South Atlantic League affiliate team currently in first place in their division. I'm going to play an interview that I recorded with the team's manager, Luis Rojas. And Luis is actually the son of former Major League outfielder and manager Felipe Alou, and a guy that is in his, his early 30s right now. He's about 32, 33, and has certainly got himself into coaching and managing at a very young age. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit with Luis about uh, his family history and about the Sand Nats. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this spot. And like I said, lots more to get into, including interviews with Gavin Sacchini and Dominic Smith. This is John Pielli, Passball Show, right here on the MTR Radio Network. Good afternoon. I'm joined right now by the manager of the Savannah Sand Nats, and that's Luis Rojas. Luis, John Pielli over in New Jersey. I appreciate you having a couple minutes. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, John. Hey, listen, first, before we talk about the team a little bit, talk a little bit about your, uh, you know, your, the family history involved in baseball with you. Of course, Felipe Alou was your father, and I'm sure baseball was something that was taught to you at a pretty young age. Yes, well, yeah, well, um, I mean, ever since I, uh, I have come in France, uh, baseball was uh, everything that I seen for the most part. Uh, you know, uh, from uh, the early years, uh, you know, from the Little League and then coming into the state because I was, I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic, but every summer, every time I had a chance, I came to the state where my dad was uh, working, the organization that he was working with back then, he was the Expos. Um, he was managing the team in the uh, Florida State League, the West Palm Beach Expos, and uh, I remember all the time just going there, you know, around the baseball atmosphere and just, you know, BP and all the talk and all the players, you know, professional baseball players. So, you know, I, I got a really good feel of the game early. And, you know, then you get going. You just get going and, and, you know, we're here right now just following the family race. No, absolutely. And I tell you, you know, I'm sure it's something that, you know, at a young age, it was just something you, you, you didn't, you didn't know any better. You were probably playing baseball and you're like, Hey, listen, I, I'll, I'm going to be a professional baseball player. You know, just like my father was, you know, how, how would you think your, uh, you know, the, the experience went? I mean, obviously having uh, a family that's involved in the game probably gave you a lot of, a lot of guidance, a lot of instruction in regard, in regards to playing baseball at a young age, so I'm sure all of that probably helped out. Yes, definitely. A lot of orientation, uh, you know, everything, uh, how to handle yourself in the, on the playing field, you know, off the field. I got to see uh, all of that, you know, because uh, I also saw my brother as a player, Pelican, uh, you know, when, when he was with the Pirates and he got uh, traded to the Expos, and, you know, I also in the middle there when those five were given to him, and I was picturing myself as a big league player, too, 
and you know all those kind of things I got it in, and I you know I thought was I was going to put it in play and be a, become a big league player, but I, I, surely I wasn't as you know as good as my brother was. You know he had, he got to play 18 years in the big league, and you know but all those things really helped me, and right now they are they are helping me you know to pass some of the information that I learned uh, back in those days. You know from my dad and even the advice from that he gave Moises and also advice that Moises had given to me and my uncles. Yeah, no question. Now, you know, quick question about while while you were playing, was there was there anything in your own mind that you felt was a struggle, or was it just one of those things that just after time it just ended up not working out? Yeah, well, you know, when I was playing, uh, you know, I felt, you know, I felt that everything was going to be all right. I felt that I was going to be a big league player and I was going to be another Alou. Uh, family member in the big leagues. I, I felt it. I felt it in my heart, and then, you know, I, I, I knew that I was going to move up. But, you know, once I, I got in competition, and, you know, there's a lot of good players that get signed and get the opportunity. It's just, that wasn't easy for me. I mean, uh, like I said earlier, I didn't, I didn't have control of the tools that, you know, the, the competition around me in the same team, the guys those guys had. And, you know, and the decisions were taken, and those ones that you don't have control of. And, I started bouncing around. I, I was signed by the Orioles initially uh, back in '99, uh, and then I, I, I got released. But the Marlins signed me, and then after the Marlins, I also got released. And then I played for the Expos three uh, and a half years. So I, I played in total six years in the minor leagues. But you know, it, it was the struggle was just you know the competition was maybe a little bit high. You know, they were better than me. Of course, I. I can now say that at the, at the moment I just didn't think, and you know you go through the struggle. I knew that I could handle the bat pretty good, but you know it's just the all-around uh, uh, baseball skills. You know they weren't there as the other guys. You know that were moving up quickly, quicker than me. You know had it. So you know that's just one of those things, one of those histories. You know the guys, the guy that goes into the minor leagues, and just everybody else around him, you get to be a little better and. Exactly. Once again, John Pielli here with the manager of the Savannah Senats of the South Atlantic League, and that's Luis Rojas. And I tell you, one thing that stands out is the fact that, you know, you're not an old man right now by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the fact that you got into coaching in your, what, your mid to late 20s was, was probably something that, you know, not a lot of other people did at the time. Did you find it more difficult being a, a, a younger man uh, getting into coaching and eventually into managing than a lot of the guys who, you know, were were just simply older than you in regards to age? Not really. That's a good question. Not really. Uh, you know, I got to manage in the uh, Dominican Summer League. That was my first year coaching. I got to manage uh, the Nationals. That was the first team I worked with as a coach. And uh, I was 23 years, about to turn 24. And I knew a lot of this, uh, those guys uh, back there. But even when I was a player, I had that demeanor where I was, you know, really comfortable talking baseball around them and, and how to uh, play the game right and stuff like that. And, you know, that, that kind of like, you know, carry on into the coaching part. So I didn't really feel pressure or, you know, or nothing like that. I was really comfortable doing it because that's something that I also saw, you know, going up. Uh, you know, I had to spend some time in the manager's office and I, got, I had a little feel of that. I always like to think, you know, the game, how a game develops, how a player can develop, you know, so 
really quick, really quick. Really quick. So, you know, I didn't really feel uh, uncomfortable at all. Hey, Luis, before I ask you a question about the, the Sanats and the season itself, was there any particular advice that you got from your father in regards to managing? Of course, he had a very long managerial career after he was done playing. Was there anything in particular that he told you or advised you that you kind of keep with you to this day? There's a ton of advice. I mean, he, uh, even to this day, he gives me a lot of advice. And, and you know, they're all have to do with different scenarios because, you know, we get a lot of different scenarios, different characters, different players, cultures. I mean, it's, it's but, you know, the one thing is to stay firm in one line and, and, and you know, and be consistent. That's that's one of the, the biggest thing. And, and I think the biggest advice that he's uh, given is the energy one, you know, keep the energy high all the time. You know, the, you kind of like the energy source of the team. And, you know, they reflect a lot of for you. So, uh, that's one of the things that I like. I try to be consistent with. Every day, bring my energy here. You know, talk to the guys, and, uh, and you know, also show it. You know, uh, physically, and you have to uh, talk to them, but physically too. Like the way you move, the way you do things out on the field, you, you kind of like an energy, an energy source for them. And you know, once they see you down or struggling, you know, because this is a long season. There's a lot of things that you got to do. If you see, if you see something that you're struggling physically or they, they, their kids are probably for all the same way. So uh, that's one of the best advice that I think you've given, you've given me in my uh, younger years now. Yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, as, as you look into the season, the Savannah Sanats sit here at 34 and 15, seven games ahead in their division. Obviously, things are going very well. What would be your best description uh, of this team that, that, that's been assembled and this team that's, you know, going forward? Well, yeah, right now it's the whole match. You know, this guy gets get along. It's just outstanding. It's, I mean, every single individual in that clubhouse and the guys that come from extended because we've got a couple of guys that came from extended in perfect fit for the uh, group. And I think they get along really well. Everybody knows their role. Everybody knows what to do. But the best, the core of our success uh, so far is being our pitching. I mean, they've been the one that's not been stepping up. Um, doing the best part. I mean, I, I can't ask for a little more. It's been unbelievable how they uh, uh, approach up with the hitters, just down in the strike zone, you know, getting guys out, and it's always giving our offense a chance, you know, to, to be on top. So that's been the core, you know. In every area, we've, we've been fine. We'll be running the base good, doing bases. We have guys, you know, that are doing the, uh, uh, the hitting through offense that we want to do, and then the whole organization organization as well. But, you know, the pitching right now for me has been the core of our success. Now, last question, is there a player or two that comes to mind when you think of the word surprise? Is there anybody that's maybe, uh, you know, improved a lot since the beginning of the season or somebody that you may not have looked at too much but is, you know, is standing out in their own way right now? Uh, not really. I'm, uh, I really. I'm really positive about things. You know, I, I expect a lot of good uh, uh, results, you know, and, Throughout the process, I spent a lot of good results from every single guy in here. But, you know, there's one guy that I do want to mention that I'm more than surprised is that Kill Morris. Uh, you know, I knew he was going to be good. I knew he was going to be impressive with the arm that he had. But just the way he's been throwing the ball has been outside of what I thought of. You know, he's just been unbelievable. He's fastball by his like, sweater, by his ass. I mean, he's just picking guys up with his fastball right now. He's chamber to the club, chamber to so uh, I think that's the one guy that I can think of right now. Everybody else is 
almost exactly what we wanted and, and what we thought that the guy was going to do. Even Don Smith, that, you know, it's our first round of last year that they sent him here, and uh, he had a, a slow start, but we knew that he was going to come back, and he's there right now. Yeah, no question. And yeah, as, as the season goes on, and you know, of course, you've managed down in Savannah for a couple of years now. Uh, is there any type of advice that you look to give to the players that are at this level? Of course, the South Atlantic League is you know a couple a couple steps before getting into you know Double A AA and Triple A, and before the thought of the major league comes up. Is is there anything that you give in regards to advice to players that are at this level now that you've been here a couple of years? Best of luck to you and your team and the rest of this season. Uh, thanks again. Thank you very much. Nice meeting you again. Yeah, same here. Really nice getting a chance to catch up with Luis Rojas and, of course, the family history and everything. And he's leading the Savannah Sandnets first place in a South, their South Atlantic League division. But what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk with Sandnets shortstop and former Mets first-round draft pick Gavin Sacchini. And uh, we're also going to speak with last year's first-round draft pick, first baseman Dominic Smith, amongst others. So this is a very good program. If you're a Mets fan, you want to follow the South Atlantic League and what you could see maybe in the future with this organization. This is John Pielli on the Passball Show, brought to you by JohnPielli.com. I'm the NTR Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. This is Lady E, one of the many broadcasters at MTR Radio. If you're listening to MTRRadio.com, fantastic. Que bueno. But if you want to take us with you, we have an app for your smartphone that lets you listen to us 24-7. Just go to Google Play on your Android device or the iPhone App Store and download our app, MTR Radio. listening to MTR Radio. We have ignition. Strap in. You're about to listen to the hottest sounds on MTR Radio. And you're listening to MTR Radio. A flipping out radio production. And you've got it. Hot, 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 hot. Blaze, blaze in the steel. Always covering the most current topics today. Check us out on mtrradio.com. We'll offer packages to advertise on our website and on MTR Radio. 
Get your name in front of over five and a half million people. Advertise on MTR today. Email info at mtrmedia.com for details. Welcome back. John Pielli here on the Past Ball Show, brought to you, of course, by JohnPielli.com. Continuing with our little series that we're doing on the Savannah Sandnets, I uh, got a chance to speak with the shortstop of the team and 2012 first-round draft pick, Gavin Sacchini. And Gavin was a guest on the Past Ball Show probably a little more than a year ago, maybe about a year and a half ago. It was before um, his season last year that he had with the Brooklyn Cyclones and he played a little bit there at the end of 2012 but spent the 2013 season playing in the shortened season New York Penn League but you know he's getting a chance to play a full season ball with the Sand Nats here and currently on the season he is hitting at 250 with three home runs 19 RBIs 48 hits 11 doubles three triples and six stolen bases so a guy who I think really does have a chance to be a good player down the road. And uh, I really, one thing that I've always enjoyed about him, speaking with him in person, is his fire, his energy, his tenacity, and really his uh, his mentality of a grinder, which he seems to have. And I obviously wish him the best of luck and hope, hope to get to see him at City Field someday. Hopefully you guys enjoy this spot with Savannah Sandnat shortstop and 2012 Mets first-round draft pick Gavin Sacchini. Good afternoon, John Pielli, continuing uh, the, the coverage of the Savannah Sandats of the 2014 season. And right now, I'm speaking with the shortstop of the team, and that's Gavin Cicchini. Gavin, thanks for having a couple minutes today. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Anytime, man. And uh, you know, if you can, just a little bit about a little bit about growing up playing baseball. And you know, if you can, what what, what got you into playing baseball as a kid? Well, um, as you probably know, uh, both my parents are both coaches, so growing up, um, I was always around the baseball field and their players, and they were always in the dugout, sleeping in the dugout as a little kid, and, you know, just, just always around baseball, and, um, you know, that's kind of how I, I started, and both me and my brother um, were blessed to have great parents, um, you know, they raised us right and taught us the right things, and, um, you know, just, just. We're, we're, we're absolutely blessed, and, um, you know, we're glad that we got the opportunity to play for you know, two great organizations, uh, Red Sox and the Mets, and um, you know, just going out there and, and and playing hard every day. So. Hey, what do you what do you think uh, as you, as you're growing up? What, what, what do you think the biggest thing you learned from your parents in re, in regards to baseball was it was it the, the demeanor, the way to compose yourself? Was there other life lessons about? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the most the, the biggest thing that uh, my parents taught me and my brother growing up is um, you can't always control, you know, how you're doing or, you know, if, if the output or makes a diving catch on you or the ball takes a bad hop. So you can always control your effort level and, and you know, how you carry yourself and uh, be a leader and a team player and, and treat your um, teammates right and stuff. So 
Yeah, that's something that you can always control. You know, running balls out hard and, and playing playing the game the right way. So, you know, um, both our parents always preach that to both me and my brother. And once again, John Pielli here with Gavin Sakini. Now, you know, this, this season, you know, you get a chance to start with the, with the Savannah team, uh, you know, a chance to play a full season there. Tell us a little bit about, you know, the, the, the day in and day out. I mean, sure, it's a lot of hard work, you know, to prepare yourself, but, you know, within within your own mind, how would you how would you judge your season so far? Um, yeah, it's going great. Um, you know, uh, you know, we have a great group of guys here and uh, a great group of coaches. And uh, we're, I think we're like seven games up, you know, in first place, and we're having a great year. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just having fun. We're going out there, we're playing baseball, and, uh, you know, that's what we're all here for, and, and that's what I'd love to do, and I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. And, uh, and, and, and you know, to, to play your first full season, it is a little different. You know, you go from, you know, high school where, you know, you might be playing 40, 40 30, 40 games a year, and, and you go straight to playing 142 games, and, and, and there's a game every day, and especially in the Valley League, there's a lot of traveling, and so you got 12, 13, 14 hour bus rides, and you know, you're getting you know, in the middle of the night, and the next day, or that day, that same day, you have to play a game. So you, know, you just, you, you got to bring yourself to the field, you know, every day and, and be ready, because uh, you never know when that opportunity is going to come where you have to, you know, get that game winning hit or make that dive and play. or you know, going to base run, whatever, whatever it is to help the team win. Uh, so it's, it's, this game is it's not only physical, but it's, it's also a lot. The majority of the game is it's mental, man. And if, you're, if your head's right, then, you know, everything's going to take care of itself. Yeah, very true, man. You touched on something that, you know, probably makes a little sense now, you know, playing, you know, playing ball before and then moving on into some of the lower levels of the minor leagues. You you know, playing a full season means probably a lot more interaction, a lot more time that you're spending with your teammates. And, uh, you know, that's probably something that could cause a pretty good bond as you're gelling together as a team. And, you know, probably a lot of the players in the same position, the, the longer season, the more of a chance to to kind of just be around the guys. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, you know, you, you definitely get close to your teammates because you're always around them, um, especially in our locker room, man. It's really, really small, so we're all kind of, you know, just touching each other as we're, you know, getting dressed or, you know, trying to take turns. But, you know, we, we're all um, here in it together, and uh, we're all bonded together, and, um, you know, we're, we're having a good time. You know, bus rides, we'll find something fun to do, whether it's, you know, watch a movie or play cards or, or whatever it takes may be, but um, you definitely get close to your teammates um, in professional baseball because you, you're, you're with them every single day. Hey, Gavin, what, what would you say from what you see being out on the field with these guys every day? What do you think is the biggest key to your team's success so far this season? Um, I think it's just... Uh, Bringing yourself to, like I mentioned earlier, bringing yourself um, to the ballpark every single day, mentally prepared. You know, um, whether it's you had a home for four game the night before, or you had a four for four game and you know, made some good plays, whatever the case may be. You know, you gotta you gotta live in the moment, and you can't you can't worry about what has happened or what's going to happen because you know when it's over, it's over with. And, you know, when the game's over with, it's over with. You know, and you can't control the future, obviously. So. You just gotta stay in the moment, and uh, you know, just every day, just go out there and and, and and give it your all, because that's really all you can ask for. And uh, 
you know, we have a great group of guys. Like I said, we have a lot of talent on our team. And uh, so far, you know, we're doing really well this season. No, very true, man. I tell you one thing that stands out about you, and I, you know, I've said this before. You know, your your passion, your fire, the energy that you bring, uh, you know, it's something that you know always is going to stay with you. So, Gavin, I wish you the best of luck to your continued success, and thanks a lot for the time, my friend. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for everything. God bless. bless. Great getting a chance to catch up with Gavin there, and of course, he's a guy that I've had on this show before, and. Uh, one of the guys that I've really, uh, you know, been been able to, to to keep in the loop, and you know, hopefully I can follow him all the way to City Field, and you know, keep having him on the program. Great speaking with him, and of course the Savannah Sandats, the way they sit right now, um, at the moment of this broadcast, they're 38 and 18, a 679 winning percentage, five games ahead in the Southern Division over second place Asheville. And this is a team that's having a lot of success this year, let's be honest. I mean, you look at some of the players that are on that team and um, guys like LJ Mazzilli, Dominic Smith, who you'll hear from a little bit later. And, uh, you know, Victor Cruzado's played pretty well. Uh, Jeff McNeil, a third baseman, is hitting 346 at the moment. And what's really worked for them the best. And, uh, you know, you heard a little bit from Luis Rojas. And uh, you're going to hear a little bit later from a couple pitchers. And it, it has been their starting pitching. It's been fantastic. Um, guys like Robert Whalen, who you're going to hear from in a little bit. Um, John Gant, Robert Gesselman, Ricky Knapp, uh, Kevin McGowan. All, all amongst pitchers who are doing a f- fantastic job for this team. And, uh, you know, the pitching is carrying them, but the good thing about it is you got a, you got a good young uh, core of players who we're going to see a lot of in the future. And guys like Dominic Smith, who's just turning 19, Gavin Sacchini, who is 20, and many of the players are about in a 21 to 22-year-old range. And, you know, there's a lot of baseball for them to play before we think about seeing them at City Field. But I got to be honest, I mean, I followed this team over the last couple of years and obviously the mix last year, which had guys like Brandon Nimmo and Kevin Pulecki, uh, amongst others. Yeah, yeah, they were very talented. It, it was a very good team and a very good core of young players who we're going to see a lot out of. But I, I like this team more. I got to be honest with you. The the impact players, um, the fact that really they they have an entire infield who you could possibly see uh, at least making their way up through uh, double and triple A and at least borderlining on making the major leagues. And I, I don't think that's an exaggeration at all. And I would be surprised to see all four of their infielders, as well as their center fielder, Patrick Biondi, uh, end up playing in the major leagues at some point. So it's pretty exciting to see and something that uh, if you're a Mets fan, listen, I think you should keep an eye on. Um, And I think what's great about the way technology has advanced and uh, obviously the fact that a lot of these minor league teams play in New Jersey and New York and you know, if you're if you're willing to travel a little bit, you get a chance to see them in person. But let's be honest, the Internet's been a godsend because, you know, you're able to keep tabs on younger players like you couldn't do in the 80s and prior to that. I mean, the real, you know, you, you would grab an issue of Sports Illustrated or Sporting News and get a little update for one guy that was reporting on some of the prospects. And you wouldn't have any idea about how good they were until they were in double and triple A. And now you get to see the guys at such a young level and to, to play at such a young age. And, you know, you, can, you kind of get to dream a little bit. You get to think about what what kind of impact these players can have. Um, understand one thing, and, uh, you know, by following teams, particularly the, the South Atlantic League for a while, you know that there's a lot of players that are going to have impacts 
on this team here that you may not see next year or the year after. They may be out of baseball by then. Uh, the guy that's a prime example is a guy that I've had on a past ball show. Uh, first baseman by the name of Chris Duffy, who is in, was in the Philadelphia Phillies organization and a couple of years ago uh, was tearing it up for the Lakewood Blue Claws. Uh, he ended up moving up to Clearwater, but after the season was let go. And he's not completely out of baseball now. He's been playing with the, the Camden River Sharks and the Jersey, New Jersey Jackals. But he's in independent baseball right now. And a guy that has so much promise and so much power uh, certainly has a long way to go if he wants to get back on. And I'm sure I know he wants to, but you know, if he's able to get back on path to become a major league player. But it just shows a guy that's uh, hitting 350 with home runs just about you know a, a, a one or two a game. Uh, is not a not a lock to get to the major leagues while playing in the South Atlantic League. It's just a long way to go. But uh, you know, back to the Sandats, a team obviously having a lot of success, and they've they've played good baseball down there for the last several years with a lot of good young players and uh, keeping the series going. Speaking with a couple different players, I had a chance to speak to a left-handed relief pitcher by the name of John Mancone, and he was born and raised in New York. Um, he was also a guest on the Past Ball Show about a year or so back. And uh, Mancone's story is a little bit interesting because he, he's kind of the elder statesman on this team, a guy who was drafted by the Chicago Cubs um, several years back. Um, he's one of the, he is is the oldest player on the team right now, and he's he, he's he's done a pretty good job. Uh, he's he's trying to obviously get himself to a position where he could get himself back on track. He's battled some arm injuries. He's pitched in 15 games this year. He's got a zero one record, 2.52 ERA, but at, at age 24, only left hand relief pitcher slash starter Dario Alvarez is is older on the roster right now at age 25. But uh, John McCone certainly a guy I root for, and uh, you know, is a guy who, like I said, has been on a past ball show before. So hopefully you guys enjoy this spot with Savannah Sandnets, left-hand relief pitcher, John Mincone. Good afternoon, this is John Pielli. I'm happy to be joined by a left-hand pitcher in the New York Mets organization, currently pitching for the Savannah Sandnets, and that's John Mincone. John, thanks for having a couple minutes. Well, of course, thanks for having me on. Hey, John, if I'm not mistaken, you grew up in New York, right? Hey, tell us a little bit about your childhood and, you know, growing up in Long Island and, you know, what led you to baseball? Oh, I loved it. Uh, you know, I have four brothers, so, you know, the five of us would always go out, play in the backyard. My dad, grandparents, all huge into baseball. They all loved the game. So, yeah, naturally, I just picked it up, and from there, I loved the game. I started loving it myself, and we're going from there. Now, uh, you know, you're obviously, uh, you know, you obviously have a talent. You have ability to throw a baseball. What, uh, at what age did you get to when you realized you might have a chance to pitch on a professional level? Um, I mean, you know, growing up, obviously your parents are always going to tell you that you can do it, and your coaches, you know, they're always going to tell you that. But um, honestly, it was maybe a few weeks before the draft in 2009 when I was drafted that I actually, you know, noticed scouts there more. You know, more scouts there play games and realize, you know, oh, this actually might happen. It's pretty cool. And, you know, once I was drafted, then you're kind of set in. But before that, you always, you know, you work towards it, but you're never sure unless you're one, you know, unless you're going to press over all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it took me a while. 
Yeah, now you were, when you were drafted, it was, uh, you know, it was 2009, so it was about five years ago, drafted by the Cubs, and of course, from now until now, you know, then until now, uh, you've, you've had quite a road, a lot of uh, bumps in a road, but, you know, you seem to be, uh, you know, seem to have found yourself now and pitching well. Uh, what, what was what was the, the worst of your worst, or maybe the lows of the lows, getting from where you were when you were drafted to where you are now? Uh, well, in uh, 2010, I believe I knew out, you know, went through the whole rehab process and missed a year. Got um, released after that, which you know, I thought at the time would have been below my lows, you know, being a baseball player in my life. But, um, you know, a couple months later, I found an indie ball team, and about a month into the season, uh, my dad called me, and, you know, he was in the hospital. He was going through his hearing yard group treatments for chemo and radiation, and, yeah, I entered the hospital, had a little issue, and, you know, a couple weeks later, passed away. So, that mm-hmm. for myself and my family were definitely the, you know, lowest point that I could ever imagine. So, you know, when, when you were younger, your, you know, your dad obviously was with you through, you know, through a lot of your success and saw you, you know, get up to a certain point. Um, you know, what, what, what do you think your father's biggest influence was, was on you as a pitcher? And, and as, as a man as well. I, um, his biggest influence, yeah, he was great at teaching baseball and stuff like that, but the mental preparation that, you know, as a father, the job that he did teaching my brothers and I, you know, just to mentally be tough and, you know, forgiveness and not to, uh, you know, dwell on things too long, you know, that actually, you know, looking back on it, it's kind of like he was preparing us for, you know, God forbid the worst happened to him and he did, you know, an incredible job. And I think that's helped not only in my personal life, but, you know, on the, on the field too, like in a tough situation. You know, and at this point, I'm out of the situation, you know, I dealt with worse. So, you know, it's definitely helped me out mentally, not stressed about what's going on in the game. No, of course. Once again, John Pielli here with John and Cohen. Now, uh, you know, to this to this team now, you know, the Savannah Sandnats. Uh, you know, obviously, you're you are probably the elder statesman in regards to experience, and you're able to bring that. I'm sure to help a lot of the younger players. Um, do you do you look at yourself as as a mentor, even though you're still pursuing your goal and your your dream as well to a lot of the younger pitchers? Uh, yes, and no, more of the pitchers. You know, we have a few guys that I've you know, become close with. Uh, you know, we've literally got together and just hang out. And, you know, it's things on and off the field that, you know, I'll see, and especially a lot of the kids that came out of high school that didn't get the college experience or never, you know, the lowest end of anything. Uh, a lot of the times, uh, you know, a tough time adjusting to the struggles, you know, when she gets moved up. And, I've, you know, I struggled my fair share. I think that's my fair share. So, And of course, the Sandats are enjoying some success. You know, ahead quite a bit in their in their division in the South Atlantic League. What do you think has been the the, the biggest key for the success so far this season? I mean, we have first of all, starting the clubhouse. Our team, we all love each other. We all hang out together. Some you know, top to bottom, there are no issues there. And yeah, you know, it's awesome to see another been on a team that's as close as this one is. And, you know, on the field, everything's clicking. Our pitching staff's been throwing the ball great. Our hitters have been hitting the ball great and, you know, making plays in the field. 
they have to, even, you know, Michigan's a webcam type place, which is always nice. But yeah, everything seems to be just quicker right now, and there aren't many days where you go out and, and you know, there's a chance for you to lose. You always, you know, we always walk out there and work with our professors. So, you know, it's a great feeling going, you know, walking into the clubhouse, walking out of the field every day, you know, just knowing that there's a chance you're going to go out there and have a great game. All right, John, thanks for the time. Uh, best of luck to you. Continued success. Of course, I appreciate it. Have a good Great catching up there with John, and obviously wish him the best of luck as well. And that's next guy I'm about to speak with is a 20-year-old right-hand pitcher by the name of Robert Whalen, who currently sits at 4-0 and with a 180 ERA in four games, three as a starter. Um, he, he's done a fantastic job in his couple starts, and obviously is one of the guys that the Mets are looking at in the future as being a very good right-hand pitcher and a guy who could certainly move up through the chain in regards to the organization. So hopefully you guys enjoy this spot with Mets pitching prospect, right-hand pitcher Robert Whalen. Hi, this is uh, John Pielli. I'm here with Robert Whalen, uh, right-hand pitcher in the New York Mets organization, currently pitching for the Savannah Sen. That's Robert. What's going on? Uh, not much, but I just uh, try to enjoy this, uh, this warm weather here in Savannah. Yeah, the weather's starting to starting to heat up, and obviously, you know, we're right right in the midst of a baseball season. And uh, you know, Robert, you were you were uh, drafted in the twelfth round of the two thousand twelve draft. Take us back to that time, and you know what it felt like for you to realize you're going to be a professional pitcher. Uh, and, and that time was uh, it was a very sweet time for me, honestly. Because uh, the whole draft process is. Very uh, nerve-wracking, I guess you would say, especially for a you know, high school kid. Um, you hear so many things that we're going to go and who's going to chase you and run around, things like that. Um, but the big thing that a lot of people know about me is that you know, I got a really huge mess there. So uh, my family's actually from Queens, New York. So getting drafted by the New York Mets was, you know, a tremendous honor and something you know, I only dreamed of. And when it happened, I couldn't really believe it, you know, uh, you know as you can understand. But you know, it's been a dream come true so far. They taught me so much. And, you know, my game got so much better, you know, the, the few years I've been a professional now. And, you know, the, the tough thing with adjusting to that professional life and uh, how to go about your business and day to day and on and off the field. And, you know, coming from high school, you know, it tends to be immaturity and kids and it's just normal. But you know, I try to approach this with the best attitude I can and, you know, learn as much as I can so I can move up, you know, quickly. Hey, did you ever did you ever go back and think of you know when you were a kid and being a Mets fan and probably how many people just like you have envisioned themselves pitching for whatever their favorite baseball team is and now that you have you know you know you have a chance now now to make it a reality which <laughs> few few get a chance to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's it's unbelievable. It doesn't happen for a lot of people. I mean the odds are pretty much set against you. Uh, you know, going into the draft and things like that, and for everything to happen the way it has, it's just been it's truly a blessing. And all that, I can only thank God for that. Thanks, he's done for me, and uh, he's blessed me enough to stay healthy and be able to pitch and compete at a high level. And you know, for things that fall on the plate like this, I mean, there's a hundred times I've envisioned myself playing for the New York Mets and Shakespeare when you know, they're still around and now it's City Field. And you want to actually grow up going to Mets games all the time with my dad, and you know, it's just to try to picture myself out there. And,
And once again, John Pielli here with pitcher Robert Whalen for the Savannah Sandnats. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about this team, because obviously the Sandnats are off to a very good start. You know, they have a nice lead in the division, and it seems to be a little bit of a unity. It seems like this is the definition of a true team. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. I mean, but I think I wouldn't just last year, obviously, but uh, I think we just instilled that winning attitude in the next organization all, all around. I mean, uh, as an organization last year, we did extremely well. And uh, I think the minor leaguers uh, have seen that. Um, we really understand that. You know, we're, we're good players. You know, we got everyone here is capable of getting to the big leagues. And, you know, a lot of us, everyone seems to get along in this organization. You don't see a whole lot of people uh, not liking each other. Things like that. We've got a great group of guys. Um, from the uh, from front office down in this organization, and it's showing dividends and on all the teams. But here in Savannah, you know, we got a great group of guys. We got great pitching, good offense. Um, we've had some injuries that uh, you know slowed us down a little bit at times, uh, but we always find a way to win and a great pass for it. You know, we're just doing our job day to day. You know, everyone's got their own goals. Obviously, you want to move up on your own, but you know, everyone gets along, and we play the team. And you know, Willie Rojas and Andrew does a great job of keeping us loose, and then they're getting honest when we need to be. And, you know, just treating us like men and as professionals, and I think it goes a long way. I mean, that trust in your players, and I think know what they're doing, and it's going to work out, and it's been doing great so far, and I've been uh, enjoying every minute of it. And uh, as, as you've come up, you know, you've, you've been pitching professionally for a couple of years. Is there is there anybody that stands out as far as being an influence on either your development or somebody that has shown you the ropes that you kind of look back on and say, you know what, I'm glad this guy has been here to help me? Um, I mean, I guess you could say that. I mean, uh, you're around so many different guys, players and coaches and things like that. And everyone has, you know, a great advice to do that help you. And you can kind of take from little things from each person. Um, last year, I won the Scaling Award in King Sports, Tennessee. And that was really my first year of pitching. My I got drafted and pitched in Brooklyn. I was a field line in high school, so they shut me down. But so last year was really my first season. I was with the Hurst, the pitching coach there. And, um, he did a tremendous job with me, uh, so much extra work uh, in between starts and really trying to get my routine, my routine down. And uh, he worked on pitches with me, sinker, which has been my go-to pitch all season. And you know, for the past two seasons, uh, just a sinker ball that's kind of deep in the games, left pitch counts now, has a ground ball and things like that. And uh, him and Ron Romantic, our pitching coordinator, you know, for me personally, just been tremendous. You know, easy to talk to. You can talk about anything, um, you know, personal stuff, you know, just anything baseball, you find that they've been in there to, to answer any questions you got. It just makes it so much easier where you don't feel nervous or pressure or anything like that to uh, make sure you're doing everything right, I guess you could say. But you know, they're always there to help you when you need it, and you know, they're easily approachable. And I mean, that goes from the entire organization down. Everyone's been great to any player. It's always welcome players to open arms, of, uh, you know, open door policies, things like that. So that really does help. All right, Robert, I want to thank you for having some time. I wish you the best of luck for your success, you know, not only on a personal level, but for the team, and hopefully everything continues to go well for you. Definitely, man. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Anytime, man. This is John Pielli, and I'm joined right now by the first baseman for the Savannah Sandnats, a man who was taken in the first round by the New York Mets last year with the number 11 overall pick, and that's Dominic Smith. Dominic, John Pielli over in New Jersey. I appreciate you having a couple minutes. Oh, yeah, I appreciate you calling, and I'm up to today speaking with you. 
Hey, if you if you can, Dominic, tell us a little bit because you're 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 not really that far removed from it. Talk a little bit about growing up playing baseball in California. Absolutely, man. Now, when when did when did you think it started to click for you? About what what age were you when you when you looked at you like, you know what? I might have a chance to have a future with this. And that's the first baseman, uh, Mets number one draft pick of last season. Um, you, you had a little bit of a decision to make because you had committed to USC. Um, was it that hard of a decision once you were drafted? Did you give any thought about maybe going to USC instead of taking a, a pro contract? Uh, 
Yeah, no question. And I'll tell you one thing that you know stands out. You're you're less than a year removed from being drafted, and now you're on a team with some players that have that have been playing professionally for a little while. Um, is, is there is there anybody that you look up to or maybe guided you in regards to just being up maybe in full season ball? Um, you're obviously younger than some of the other players on your team. Is there anybody that you've looked up to that maybe has, has helped you out in the process of playing full season ball? Yeah, man, it's just a ton of, a ton of players uh, who I look up to uh, on my team. It's just an organization series. I mean, it's a lot of guys who are really nice to me. I always give me advice. I mean, Ben and them all for one. Uh, when he found out I was going to the first season, he gave me a, a couple of words of wisdom and stuff like that. And he showed me how to find something. Still, if I were going to measure that line, I think that I have. But uh, one player on my team who I really look up to is Patrick Biondi. He's always going to feel that. And, uh, say, Dom, that, that maybe having fun in a collective atmosphere has had a lot to do with your team's success this year? Uh, yeah, I mean, the team, the team success also makes everything a little bit easier. I mean, uh, we have great coaches and uh, great coaches. We have great players, great pitchers, and great people all the way around to our organization. And, uh, they, they help all the players, not just me. I mean, I'm not the other one. Dominic, I really appreciate you giving me the time. Best of luck to your continued success, and hope to talk to you again soon. I appreciate you, John. Have a great day. You too, man. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that spot going over to Savannah Sandats of the South Atlantic League, currently leading their division with a five-game lead at a 38-18 and record. Big thanks to Micah Bowie, the left-hand pitcher for the Braves and the Nationals in the first hour, and, of course, to Luis Rojas, Gavin Sacchini, John Mancone, Robert Whalen, and Dominic Smith in a second hour. I'll be back with you next week with another uh, episode of the Past Ball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com on the MTR Radio Network. Rock over London, rock on Chicago. American Airlines, we mean business in Chicago. 